don't have to tell you that this year has been a tough one. From the global pandemic, worsening drought conditions, and yet another season of catastrophic wildfires that have impacted so many, this year has unquestionably stood apart from the rest. But through all the struggles of 2020, there has also been some important progress made in our work to protect the West's land, air, and water. Our team at Western Resource Advocates has been hard at work to ensure we keep fighting for a healthy, livable future for our communities across the region. That work has us encouraged, and we're feeling hopeful about 2021. We wanted to share some of that with all of you. We brought together our team of experts to talk on Zoom about what they're feeling grateful for in 2020 and what has them feeling hopeful for the year to come. We start off with our Western Lands fellow, Jason Swan, a new member of the WRA team. We caught up with Jason in a coffee shop a little bit ago, and we get to hear from him about how he's excited about opportunities to increase outdoor equity and expand access to the outdoors for everyone. Yeah, I am pretty excited. One, just thankful to be uh, working with uh, WRA uh, on a lands team to be able to uh, really advocate for protecting our public land. So that's, that's number one. I'm super excited just to be in that space uh, and, and saving the world in so many ways. Um, you know, one of my main issues or expertise is uh, access to decision-making um, and uh, equitable access to decision-making as well as equitable access to our lands, um, our public lands. So I'm very excited for 2021, uh, mainly because of the new administration and their uh, renewed sense of hope into conservation. Uh, let's cross our fingers there. Uh, but the what, what, one of the projects I'm most excited about is the outdoor equity, uh, the national outdoor equity fund that we're hoping to create. Uh, it's at the forefront of many conversations and policy uh, discussions among big greens and members of Congress and their staff. So on the heels uh, of two major successful outdoor equity grant programs, which created in New Mexico and California, uh, and there was an increased uh, potential and political appetite uh, for creating a national outdoor equity grant program. So uh, that is actually BIPOC led uh, because we've been repeatedly asked to be a part of the outdoor uh, uh, equity working groups led by traditionally big greens that are overwhelmingly led by white men and white philanthropists. So we wanted to seize this opportunity uh, to create a BIPOC led federal legislation that creates the national outdoor equity program. Uh, and that is one of the areas I'm super excited about. Um, I'm really diving into it and learning more about how I can uh, create the structure around it um, that can help our communities uh, get out, uh, particularly those who are disproportionately affected by climate change, to get outdoors and to, um, you know, to fish, to raft, to hunt, to run, uh, get ed- education or cultural education and so forth and so forth. So I'm pretty excited to that. WRA's Colorado Government Affairs Manager, Jessica Hillai, sees 2021 as an opportunity for the state to fulfill its science-based goals and take meaningful action on climate change. Hey, Brendan. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, Yeah, I think it's really helpful to stay focused on the positive and look towards the future, especially during a year as tough as 2020 has been for most of us. And I feel really grateful to be doing climate protection work in Colorado with Western Resource Advocates. 
Um, as a lot of listeners will know, in 2019, Colorado took a major step forward in responsible climate policy by setting goals to limit greenhouse gas pollution. And that was an important first step. We know where we need to go now. And now we have to get the work done to actually get there. So in 2020, while we haven't made some of the progress we would hope for, we do have a major opportunity to take action and multiple reasons to get it done and work hard in 2021. Um, you know, we don't know exactly what the next year will hold, but we know we have to act now before the end of the decade to significantly change our ways and drive down our emissions in order to prevent some of the most catastrophic changes in our, in our climate. So the regular session of the state legislature will convene as scheduled on January 13th, and they'll proceed as they can, you know, pending public health orders. So we are working toward that date and toward a, a, a legislative session and working with our conservation partners on some exciting bills that will advance emissions reductions across the economy, spur innovation, and distribute benefits equitably, focusing on the people who have been the most harmed. In addition to legislative efforts, the Air Quality Control Commission has rulemaking scheduled in 2021 on transportation, oil and gas, and the built environment. And WRA will be participating in both venues and continues to be active at the Public Utilities Commission to advance Colorado's climate goals and establish enforceable, verifiable, and equitable rules that are aligned with our climate action plan. 2020 was a year of big shifts for Arizona as what was once thought of as a conservative state recently set landmark clean energy goals, starting the process to formalize a 100% carbon reduction process for the state's energy production. Our clean energy attorney, Adam Stafford from Arizona, talks about how this development has him fired up. Yeah, I'm really excited about the commission passing the latest uh, energy rules. I mean, this is just the start of the formal rulemaking process. And so they have some ways to go, but the vote they took is a huge shift. I mean, up until only a couple months ago, they were looking at a technology standard. And now, you know, I think in large part due to WRA, we changed the focus of the conversation to carbon dioxide emissions and looking at that and reducing that as opposed to saying, well, you need to get a certain percentage of your retail sales from these specific defined technologies. Um, the emission standard that, they, that they're moving with now it doesn't, it's technology neutral. It just says here's, it sets the carbon output level um, based on the average of 2016 to 2018 as the baseline. And then says you have to make incremental progress uh, to zero. So the, the rules as proposed now have 100% uh, carbon reductions by 2050 with 75% reductions by 2040 and then 50% by 2032. So, I mean, the fact that we're, you know, talking about carbon in Arizona is a huge shift in how things go. I mean, the current rules were passed back in 2006 and they required, it was a technology standard, required, you know, 25% renewables, no, 15% renewables by 2025. And so that was groundbreaking at the time. But, you know, since then, uh, times have changed and other states have stepped up and had more aggressive renewable or clean targets. So... Um, I'm really excited to see Arizona uh, moving to the front here with carbon standard. That's that's a huge development. I'm really excited about that. But the work isn't over yet. I mean, this is just the start of the formal rulemaking process. 
I see the future of these rules getting passed and that Arizona will indeed have a carbon standard. And I'm real excited about that. That's a, it's a big change. <laughs> this year also brought a wave of good news for Western Rivers, as decision makers from the local level up to federal agencies acknowledge that there are better alternatives to wasteful, unnecessary projects like the Lake Powell Pipeline. The prevailing notion across the West that we can, in fact, meet the needs of our growing communities by doing more with the water we have has WRA Healthy Rivers attorney John Siren feeling hopeful for what's next. So for me, 2020 is a year where I, and maybe a lot of us, have become increasingly aware of the fragility of our environment. We've seen record uh, hurricane season. We've seen record Western fires that have affected all of us and and affected me personally. And we're also seeing this in our Western rivers, which in this case have declined by 20% over the last 20 years. So I'm grateful as a long-term Western water attorney and as a long-term Western resident who loves the outdoors and loves our rivers. Um, And as a water attorney, I've worked as a senior attorney for the state of Colorado on all their water matters. Uh, I've worked as a as a water referee in our state judicial system. And I've also worked uh, as a private attorney uh, on behalf of Colorado irrigators and Colorado farmers. But I'm very, uh, I'm very glad that now I have the opportunity with WRA to put my knowledge and experience to, to use to try to find real world, practical, honest solutions to help redress some of the impacts that we've had on the environment. And I'm optimistic that in the short time I've been at WRA, we've, we've had some successes. Um, we worked very hard to help some reconsideration of the Lake Powell pipeline to really help bring attention to the need to stop solving our, our water problems by simply taking more water out of our rivers. And that instead we need to start thinking about doing more with less. We, we can conserve, we can use water more wisely. We can not use water where we don't need to use it. And if we do that, we can have rivers that flow and uh, streams we can fish in and uh, an environment that we're all proud of. Uh, We were able to do that with the Lake Powell pipeline to have them reconsider whether this pipeline is really necessary or whether a different alternative, one developed by Western Resources, actually uh, called the local waters alternative that would conserve water rather than uh, use more, uh, that that could be a viable alternative to an 80 uh, 80, uh, 80 mile, uh, $4 billion pipeline. Um, What I'm really taking from this year is that it's important to to use our water wisely rather than um, taking water that we don't have for projects that we don't really need. 2020 has many of us realizing that what we thought was impossible might just be possible after all. WRI's Clean Energy Deputy Director, Aaron Overturf, a regular guest on our podcast series, reflects on seeing this shift take place in the minds of clean energy advocates over the course of her career, and looks forward to what the next generation of conservation thinkers are bringing to the table to help shape the future. So when I started working in the energy space about 10 years ago or so, I felt like the majority of the conversation was focused on 
whether we were going to make the transition to a clean energy economy, whether it made sense, whether it was necessary, whether climate change was a real thing um, that needed to be addressed. And one of the things that's really striking to me is that I feel like we've kind of turned a corner for the most part from talking about whether we're going to make this transition and instead focusing on how. Uh, so taking for a given that we're going to need to decarbonize our economy and instead of kind of going around in circles about that, spending that brain power instead on figuring out what's the best way that we're going to be able to transition to this clean energy economy. So how do we do it in a way that advances equity? How do we do it in a way that protects consumers? Um, how do we do it in a way that builds innovation and builds a world that we and our children want to live in? Another thing that kind of gives me hope is that the, just the sheer number of people, um, mostly young people, who have decided that they, they want to make this their life's work. We're just, we have this incredible resource of enthusiastic um, young people who really want to solve this problem. And uh, that energy and the sheer sort of force of brain power that I feel like is, is coming up among young people gives me a ton of hope for the future. So as we round the final corner on this unfortunately unforgettable year, we're taking stock of the successes that have come along the way, and we're hopeful for what's ahead. Join us as we head into next year with renewed resolve to tackle the greatest environmental challenges facing the West. Be sure to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts, and sign up for our updates at www.westernresources.org to take action when and where it's needed most. Thanks for listening.